Welcome to episode 75 of the Testing Peers podcast. And if it doesn't turn out to be episode 75, sorry, the editors, you lovely chaps. Tonight we're going to be speaking about strategies and how they relate to testing and all those good, lovely things. My name is Chris Armstrong and I am joined tonight by the regular crew. We have David Maynard. Hello. Simon Pryor. Hello. And Russell Craxford. Good day. Who is now Australian. Before we move on to Simon's delightful banter, we're delighted that Saffron QA continues to sponsor the podcast. Saffron QA is a specialist in testing recruitment, offering permanent contract and a not quite so newly developed retained recruitment service. More details can be found in the show notes or please reach out to Ben Letitia directly to find out more. Simon, what you got? So given we're talking about strategies, I wondered what experience you had around maybe informally having some kind of strategy in, in your home life or growing up for something you did, whether it be fitness or something, have any experience with strategies and any good outcomes or bad outcomes on the back of it? Did you succeed in your strategy? Like avoiding chores in the house and finding... <laughs> if that was a strategy that you set yourself... My mum was get a job done and then get back to playing on the N64. And then my mum would say, why didn't you come and ask for another job? And I'm like, well, I didn't want to do another job. Look busy was a strategy. That was the other one, right? If you're doing something that looked important, then you didn't need to do anything else. It says a lot about you, that Chris. Yeah. Teenage Chris was a great guy. Maybe Has he grown not. up, though? That's the question. Has he? Yeah. Um, I guess my only ones is, I guess, a couple of years ago, I decided I was overweight. I wanted to lose weight, so I built kind of a simple strategy for me, like a plan of what I wanted to do to lose it. So it was kind of cut down some of the excessive like fizzy drinks, get rid of some excess snacks and things like that I would do, and just basically start just doing more exercise. And those three things, literally those three things, helped. And actually, I stuck to that relatively well, because it wasn't like life-changing. I just cut down takeaways, things like that. And yay, lost a couple of stone. Happy days. Brilliant. Then I gained it again. <laughs> so my strategy is to do with running, basically. So as I've probably mentioned before, I've done a couple of marathons. But the first marathon that I went on uh, was the Brighton Marathon. And I remember coming into the front promenade at the top end near Hove. And as you run down, I knew that the finish line was close to the pier. And my mind having just done 25 miles and knowing I had to only do one more mile, just broke. It just went, you're not getting any closer. Your body's giving up. It wasn't the wall. It was just a mental block. And I did a really slow last mile. So I was a bit disappointed. I still did it in a good time, but I was really disappointed in that breakage of my mind. And because it is a partly mindset, I immediately signed up to the next year in exactly the same course, knowing that I can beat it. So I basically made myself a mantra. So I knowing that as I was coming around the corner, in my head, I blocked out everything else and just went one foot forward gets you there. And with each plod in a cadence, I got through and I managed to knock 25 minutes off my marathon time because of that mantra. Very impressive. That's a, that's a good one to go with. I was trying to think of this and, you know, I set the question without actually having an answer for myself, but thinking about it while we've been on the call, I've been thinking back to my days of tennis, even I've just taken tennis back up again. And I remember I set myself a strategy when I was a teenager playing tennis quite regularly of to start with just making sure I always hit the ball to return, whether it was going to go over the net or just making sure I made contact with the ball and then take it one step in, like move a step closer each time to try and preempt the actions and slowly build up that ability to return 
get it over the net, get it back to the person if they were serving, et cetera, et cetera. Taking those small steps, it was a series of small steps that got me to a point where I was actually relatively good at tennis and winning matches. And it's slowly starting to come back again now, as in I'm starting to recall some of the the strategies I put in place back then, Um, like where I stand on the baseline for returning serves, where I stand when I'm in doubles at the net, et cetera, et cetera, trying to remember all the little techniques I had back then. So yeah, I guess that's a sign of a strategy that worked and it's ingrained itself in me so that I can start to remember these things now. So, yeah. How do we define a strategy? Good place to start, yeah. Okay, so what is a strategy? It's something that you try and put together in order to try and achieve an outcome. Generally speaking, strategies over a longer period of time, they don't need to be the exact steps that you want to follow or do. It's more of a detailed plan, but they are just kind of directions or pathways in some form of where you want things to be. That's the way I would describe it. They can be more rigid and formal. They can be documented. They can be some principles. There can be different forms of it and so on. That's what I would say. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would think it was just simply a plan of action. So what do you intend to do as part of a wider picture? And the key thing there is a plan or it's, it's thought process. It may not necessarily be the fully finished article. It is what you are planning to do as part of that. And so it gives people or your audience an idea of what to expect in the next stages going forwards. You've dangerously used a couple of words that get people get confused about. When I was about to about say that. Yeah. You talked about plan and you talked about article, which refers in my mind to like a sort of written document. But I, I, I do understand what you mean. There's, there's a few misnomers around strategies and plans. And I, I know you weren't referring to a test plan. I remember someone once referred to me with a nice uh, American sports hat on that they referred to the difference between strategies and plans being the the strategy being, I want to win the playoffs in basketball in this instance. And that was the strategy and that would be the high level mission. And we'd have all these different players available and, and what happened with the plan would be each individual way to execute those things the tactics, the individual, like the one-on-one, how do we stop this guy scoring? What do we do at this minute if this kind of scenario comes around? Plan was always more more granular. The strategy was a bit more high level involved around those sorts of things, which was a way to look at it to at least sort of refer to a strategy, maybe being a little bit more higher level than a plan. And that's not like, I don't think there is a template that you can use to apply these things. Mm. But I quite like the fact that it's sort of the goal and then the more granular to separate those things. And I think you can have plans under strategy but you can also have one-to-one and many other things and i don't think they always have to be explicit documents or things like that they can be used for in the right scenario yeah i'm going to say the example you gave there i'm saying winning the league or something like that to me is more the vision rather than i would say strategy strategy is the way in which you enable that but again it isn't to the detailed level of who marks who in every match it's more we want to play attacking football or attacking soccer depending where you are in the world. Um, I think the key thing really to start with is, for me, a strategy always starts around what is the problem you're trying to solve. And then from there, you can build out, first of all, it's not about defining the the step-by-step approach, how you get there. It's defining about what you intend to get to. What is your overall intended achievement? I get in some ways the the vision does kind of link into, so a strategy is usually the way you get to that vision. And then the plan is the more detailed steps of how you get there. Yeah, and I guess strategies can sometimes, as Chris, I think, point is, can incorporate both of those parts. Yeah, they can, absolutely. They're, they're vague in, in style. There isn't a 
there isn't a law in this world that says our strategy is X, Y, and Z, as far as I'm aware. It is kind of more of a... Oh, there will be. To... There will be certifications and boxes that you can check in order to achieve those <laughs> well, things. There'll be definitions. There is a definition of what a test strategy is in the ISTQB syllabus and so on. I'm sure there is. But we're talking strategy in a broader sense. Yes. And that's where absolutely. I think it would vary. We're talking about strategizing within the world of technology, I guess, more so. And obviously, that's not necessarily test strategies. I think we talk, you know, that's automation. That's reducing bug count. What's the strategy you want to do for that? Improving well-being, making a higher quality culture. Those are all different things that could have strategies around them. It isn't purely yeah. just a test strategy or a quality strategy or anything like that. It has much broader value, I guess, is the point. Yeah, and I think sometimes we do get hung up on the terminology within the testing world of what a test strategy is and what a test plan equals and whatever else. And as we've talked before, it's all very context specific. It's all very dependent on your surroundings and it's down to how you make make something work. A strategy, like you say, doesn't have to be just about the testing. It could be to get anything done, to get from A to B in any form within, the, within your, your teams. You could define it as a strategy. You could have an overload of strategies by doing it in that sense, but you know you could technically have a strategy for many things. A lot of them probably aren't written down, to be quite honest. I was going to say, I think a lot of them are sort of inferred and people just kind of know them in those sorts of instances. Janet Gregory writes in, in and Lisa Crispin in the Agile testing books, they say things that you might want to consider in strategies for testing would be like testing practices, story testing, solution verification testing, user acceptance testing, exploratory testing, test automation results, tracking processes, tools and environments as an example of things that you might want to consider. But I think, like we said, context does define these things because if something is covered somewhere else, why would you cover it here? Sometimes there are processes that transcend testing practices. And I think we've, we, we all agree that a test strategy isn't the only strategy that we should be concerned with. There are many potentially. Yeah, I must admit, I've more recently moved towards doing sort of quality strategies that aren't just about test, but they're actually about how you build it right versus how you verify it's right. But again, it also references other things like coding standards. I don't often put things like that into a strategy that it will follow a X pattern, et cetera, et cetera, and a link to the patterns that already exist versus rewriting things. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've I've been recently writing a departmental quality engineering strategy and it is very much yeah it's not focused on just the testing the testing is a part of it but it's also how we configure environments how we you know what our automation standards are what our coding standards are as you say our CICD pipeline our our departmental organizational structure is all part of this this is what quality engineering is and this is what our strategy is to ensure it's rolled out effectively and it is just about using your context and building what you need to build in the right way. And as you say, it doesn't have to be documented, but sometimes having something documented can be useful so you can refer to it. But there isn't a set standard. A strategy can be however you want it to be. It could be a mind map. It could be a series of post-it notes. It could be a document. It could be a PowerPoint presentation, much to Chris's disgust, I'm sure. But there's lots of different options. You could use Miro and all sorts of different other you could use Miro. tools and things like that. It's one of those things, it does have to be fit for purpose, and that will vary based on the context. And the living document. Yeah, you, can, you know, living is a good thing. They should always be learning and adapting as we go, especially if you're doing iterative development models. You'll learn something that you want to adapt and change as you go. 
I think that's really important. But it is about, as you've said at the start, setting that sort of direction, saying what's important, what isn't. And sometimes it's about saying explicitly, we won't versus we will. Like I used my example of things I would do. I would be healthier and do things. I also said some rules to myself, which I won't do this. When I'm driving home from work, I won't stop at McDonald's on the route home. That was, a, I won't, because I said, you've got to kind of include things and exclude things. Your strategies can be quite high level. It could be, we won't make a decision unless we get team buy-in. You know, you're doing agile and retrospective. We won't change what we do unless we get team feedback. So that's where the um, one-page test plan is one of those things that actually makes me laugh because I think the one-page test plan kind of feels like it could quite easily be a strategy plan because you've, to your point, scope in and out assumptions and risks and, and folks that are involved are all covered in that. And I think they can work really well there as long as you don't go super granular um, into sort of deciphering those things. It's it's a very interesting um, way of going, which which I think also highlights the the blurry lines that we have. There, there are very much blurry lines. And I would say that one of the key things is the fact that the strategy shouldn't have that level of detail, as you said. But but as Simon said, it, you give it a context. You give it those external factors that can affect it, that are driving what will be going down further into the, into the details. So you need to be aware of all those things that are feeding into it, but actually, and be aware of it so that when you dr- do drill down, you can distill the information into the correct level. I think the other key thing as well is, you know, when you're writing a strategy, regardless of what you're writing it for, you need to be able to articulate it in a way that you can take people on that journey, especially where it involves trying to get backing to make a strategy happen or to be able to implement the strategy. Uh, obviously, personal strategies is, is slightly different. You just need to get buying from yourself. But if you're doing something for a team or for an organisation, you need to be able to take people on that journey. And so therefore... It's not just about the detail you put in it. It's how you put that detail there and make it sure it's in a way that they understand and they can see the value, the benefit, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's really crucial that you, you know your audience with your strategy. And I think that that's going back to quite a long time ago when you first said about the including the problem at the start because actually that helps with the journey completely because actually get that absolutely gives it the context of this is what I see that what the problem is this is the journey and so therefore people can see what the problem is and then the possible road to the solution I can't emphasize how important that is I read a strategy the other day it was a strategy I'm not going to say it was a good or bad one but it didn't have the context of what problem it was trying to solve so I just really struggled to understand whether it was actually talking good bad whether it had value or didn't because I couldn't actually fundamentally figure out the problem that was unique that needed this strategy to start with. Dare I say that um, Simon Sinek might have hit the uh, nail on the head a little bit with the start with why kind of way. I think that that transcends strategies. If we don't have a reason for doing something, then why are we doing it? And I think the why is quite a, an important thing for a strategy. Like why, why is it here? Why do we need one? Why do these things exist? And I think probably if we were trying to find a really simple way of differentiating between a plan and a strategy, maybe like why covers strategy and the what probably, and the what might trickle down a little bit into a plan, and the, but the how would be where the plan kind of hammers home. So props to Simon Sinek for saying three words and helping me understand things a bit better. Why do you think that works, Chris? Oh, look at you. Well, continuing on that point is... Because I've I've noticed teams that actually understand for whom they're making things 
the problem that they are solving, they are more motivated to solve that problem and are more likely to actually create a solution to a problem that they understand than just if they are told the business wants you to do this or this is your next item on the backlog because you understand more about what you're doing and so therefore you can be better, more targeted, you can be more motivated and therefore more likely to be able to empathize with, understand and possibly even see the results of your work. And that is all so important. And I think we've probably all operated at times in our life with jobs that we've had to do that we don't see the point in doing them. Yep. And probably weren't very motivated, were we? Most definitely not. It helps us as testers, though, as well, doesn't it? Because if we know the why, then we can actually use that context from the why to question it, to see whether it's fit for purpose, whether it will solve the strategy. What's the strength of it? What's the weakness of it? Where there might be need to be additional mitigation, where there need to be more thought. Because as we said before, these should be evolving. We have a strategy, we test it, we find out it doesn't quite work the way we thought. Adapt. So I think knowing the why makes it much more likely that you can be successful in that. Do we have any examples of strategies that we think have, have worked or ones that have failed completely that we feel like we can talk about why they may have worked or failed? I can give you a very quick example of one that failed, which was one where a team creating a test strategy decided to put a test strategy in place that included ways of working, things to do with definition of ready, definition of tested, definition of done, all of these things that are something that a team should be defining for themselves and yet only the testers were trying to define these things and the problem there was the implied ownership of certain things but also that the team had these things already there was duplication of effort and it wasn't aligned and it kind of really hurt the team that was working that this stuff was coming out that wasn't necessarily the right ownership like we believe quality is everyone's responsibility agile certainly is that kind of way inclined that you have these particular things and testers were sort of in this instance going beyond their bounds because they weren't including other people it wasn't that testers shouldn't be involved in these things it's that they weren't involving other people and it really messed things up for a while and give an example of something that kind of worked i'm not gonna say it did work because i think it's one of those things that's living so you never really know but it was a quality strategy put together to help with a continuous delivery way of working for some new microservices. And it was one that was probably led by me, therefore I'm biased in this whole sense. We tried to get the team involved, the developers, the testers, the DevOps guys, the project managers. We got literally the whole team together to kind of build this. And we kind of worked on it together. We designed pipelines together, talked about where we do what and why we do it. And then when it was implemented, because like most strategies, half the values in implementation, we didn't do it all. And that's why it was successful. We adapted, we learned. We realized where the value was and we prioritized different things. But to Chris's point, it talked about agile overview, like we will deliver to a definition of done. It didn't define what that was. It avoided that. It says the team will define this when they know more. It defined more kind of the path, some of the high level choices, like we will implement vulnerability scanning. It didn't exactly say how we do it. It left that all loose to us to learn, but it kind of worked quite well because it gave the framework for the team to be successful, but without them feeling like they were failures for success. Now, the reason I think that was successful was because I had developers give me feedback saying that was really, really helpful to them. They enjoyed working together on it. The team were able to build faster, they were able to build higher quality. It was a joint team that worked on it. So that led from the off, the example of teamwork, so that then actually that flowed nicely into the general work. So that, I think, was relatively successful. 
I don't have a specific example, but I'd like to take up Russell's things, is that the idea behind the strategy is the fact that, as you said, you highlight those high-level concepts that should be used. And again, you're not using the detail. You're you're explaining agile. You're not telling them to use Kanban or any other Scrum or whatever. You're just saying, use the agile because it works. Use this because we think that this is the highest chance of success. From our experiences, use these particular building blocks to try and get, get to your goal. And so therefore, you then empower the team in order to, you've got created that vision as to this is how we see the path to success. Now you go and tread that path and put the detail in. To um, quote myself, as I like to do, on um talk I did a couple of years ago, it's, trying to make it so it's our strategy, not your strategy. You can't do that if you don't include other people. That's exactly what I was I was about to jump into as a topic because the examples I was going to suggest and talk about was the, the two examples that I've worked through in the last four years. The first one was literally me being told, go and write the strategy, kind of do it in almost an isolation, but you know, by asking questions here and there as I needed to, which didn't get buy-in, didn't get down, go down very well, wasn't wasn't very well sort of sold. And I felt it was all my work when I'd only been in the company for a few months at that time. And then the more recent example is me saying to my team, going, we're going to build a strategy. This is the problem that we need to try and solve or, or you know, brainstorm that what are the problems we're trying to solve? Okay, what's our approach going to be? How are we going to build this information? What things do we need to do as a group? And have it as a set series of, of workshops as a group where we brainstorm ideas, we document bits and pieces, we all go away and write bits and then pull it all together again and build it into a single source that we can then build together and, and evolve over time. And that, for me, has been the most solid strategy that I've ever built because it's it's a team effort. And for me, the, strat- the best strategies are ones that are defined as a group, not as individuals. It was buy-in, isn't it, I guess, instantaneously because they were involved. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't mean you can't nudge. It doesn't mean you can't help steer. But you do them in a collaborative manner. You accept. There's a way to sell these things, yeah. isn't there? Sell, yeah. sell, sell concepts and ideas and get people on board with ideas. You can't just immediately get an entire team on board with things always. Sometimes the whole team has said, hey, we need to do this thing. Awesome. Sometimes you need to just kind of have those conversations, uncover problems that need solutions and work with smaller groups and then to your point earlier, Russell, iterate, change, do those things as you work. And um, I think the biggest problem is when you give up. <laughs> but also, if you're the only one that's ever doing those things, that's a problem as well, right? And I think we've, we've spoken to that in, in, in other areas. I've met people whose job is to come up with strategies and that's all they do. And literally, they're just thrown away on the scrap people. They implement them for the first week. Assume everyone is going to follow it. And no one ever does because they're not bought into it. And then years later, especially if there's like a new one every week, correct. who the heck's going to oh, adopt that one? Uh, it's, it's more business strategies in this particular case. I was thinking of rather than testing ones, but they'll throw out a new strategy for this bit, a new strategy for that bit, but they just don't spend any time on adoption, engaging with people, trying to make it work. It's not a document that's just written, or even if it's written, it's not written. If you know what I mean, you actually have to engage with people to actually make it valuable. And if it's a written document that no one wants to change, because you have to have a, six tier approval oh. process on it i guarantee you it's wrong the first week and then it's just going in the bin the second week 
No one's listening or watching it. Also, if a single person writes a strategy or multiple strategies, they're immediately putting in their own biases into it. Yes, absolutely. And their flaws. And so actually, you need to have that buy-in with other people because you need to have a that critical friend, that critical voice to go, have you thought about doing it this way? As soon as you're given autonomy into it, then it's almost doomed to failure in the first place for exactly the reasons we said before. If you're doing it in a collaborative way, you, if you put some idea in that others don't know, if you're working in a workshop format, I'm much more likely to ask you, well, what do you mean by trunk-based development? And you find out actually your interpretation is different to somebody else's. And then you go into a bit and you have a discussion and actually that teaches everyone something, usually. And then you decide on a pattern that's maybe halfway there, or maybe you realize you're stretching people too far. And actually, maybe your strategy for now has to be not as stringent. And that's that's a good point, because that's something that I learned when I was doing those workshops. There was a couple of people in the said group that had different understandings to the terms that I was using, testability being one of them. Different understandings, which meant it didn't quite click for them, because they didn't quite get the concepts that we were trying to promote. And only through having that collaborative discussion did we get to a point where everyone had that joint buy-in. And the other point I was going to say is the other key thing for strategies, which was one of those light bulb moments when we were building this strategy, is it's not just about the strategy itself and where you want to get to. It's the implementation plan that is almost just as important as how are we going to roll this out? What is our steps going to be to sell it? What are we? You almost have to plan the next steps of how do we make it happen, which some could say merges into being a plan then, but it all falls under the, the remit of, of here's the strategy and that's what how we're going to get there. And this is where we trip ourselves over in the testing world with having the difference between test plans and test strategies and test approaches and what have you, because we try and in a lot of places, I'm not saying it's the same everywhere, a lot of places try and keep those as very separate artifacts, which have separate meanings and separate approval processes and whatever else. And actually the material within inside them could all be part of one solitary strategy that you need to deliver said quality. So you know how testers love strategies. It's something we often talk about. And it's part by sticky in other places. Yeah, I think I think we do. <laughs> Has anyone here come across a development strategy out of curiosity? I was I was just going to say like, what other kinds of strategies are there? Do you find there's development strategies and development plans and development policies? I don't. I find there's there's standards, but I don't yeah. find there's strategies. I think they will utilize strategies or patterns. They don't call it a development strategy. So there might be branching strategies or yep, that's stuff one. like that where there is a need for strategies, definitely. But they're granular, aren't they? They are for a purpose they or are. a small thing. Yeah. It's not general development. It is branching or merging strategies, even um, yeah, release I, strategies, I, things like that. Release strategies. I certainly have never heard of a BA strategy or a project management strategy or whatever else, but I'm sure sure some kind of documents. Lots of methodologies. Methodologies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not go down that, that one. Automate all that <laughs> to avoid that hole. But yes, we were talking about like one one without the other. Just having a strategy alone doesn't actually turn like a vision into an actual practical thing, right? Yeah, agreed. My my thought process led me to movies. You can have a great screenplay, but without that director to then be able to start putting the pieces in place and and to turn words into visual representations of those words you don't have a good movie in different directors they succeed or fail they die live and die by and those you need sorts good of things exactly and you see there's more tidbits that you can you can lean into on those things i thought i thought it was uh, very interesting you need buy-in from from stakeholders and from people to 
up above you to approve this sort of process sometimes to be able to do that don't you you and and, and that takes a lot of passion and selling um for this is the way that i want to be able to execute these things this is the vision this is the the values that i want to be able to have through those things and that transcends a testing strategy that's just a strategy for things there are other strategies that we touch on in testing but you're right i don't really see other strategies apart from maybe like corporate strategy or sales strategies but then why are we not involved talking to those people yeah yeah you're right sales marketing strategies etc etc they're very high level usually aren't they that's the point they're not yeah you don't do one per project usually you don't do a project strategy for each marketing initiative maybe i'm wrong i'm not actually in marketing after all (laughs) you might have a marketing strategy and it might be around a certain theme to engage a certain audience you generally don't have just each project so yeah maybe there is some synergy there i said the word synergy i'm editing that out i'm editing that out (laughs) russell said synergy everybody here's the buzzword bingo king so if we were to try to help our listeners if they were defining a strategy i know we've talked about it needs to focus on the why and and whatever what would we say the key things are that need to be covered i was gonna say keep it simple the 300 page strategy is never going to be read it doesn't have to be a document it needs to be something that people actually understand and is shared so powerpoint then. you need to reference it yeah powerpoint isn't always understood and shared properly either. it's context specific simon if that's the right way to display those things it needs to be something means. you relate back to is what i would say but the yeah, some of the people actually, relate back to something that's digestible people but people can understand absolutely right for the audience exactly yes. understand your audience and, and present something that's correct for those people it shouldn't contain the detail as in the exact like if we said well, i'm going to follow agile it should then define agile Agile's already been defined. Um, if it's going to do something that goes away from a definition, it should link to it or do other things to it, but should try and keep it relevant, I guess, and succinct. Definitely include the problem and the mm. prob- probable outcome. Would you define a series of potential outcomes or would you aim at one outcome within a strategy? Is the strategy the only single path through? Is that what you're talking about? Or are you bringing ideas together to say these are the problems we want to solve, et cetera, et cetera. I think it depends on the strategy. I think it depends on what the context is. There could be a strategy that just has one particular outcome, uh, but but what you potentially should do with the strategy is leave it a little more open-ended, is that, again, it's those building blocks so that you can have at the end, you want to have something of value because that's the point of, of the strategy, but what that actually is, you don't want the detail. You just want to make sure that it's something that is useful and try it try it read around find out different ideas like a lot of people have written about test strategies we mentioned lisa crisp and jenna gregory their agile testing book there's there's back and bone with a heuristic testing strategy model there's a whole world of stuff out there read about it try and understand it think would that work for me give it a go remember why you're doing that strategy so ultimately that's what should drive that's really why well, no, but it's just what drive what's in that document. Is it there to mitigate risk? Is it there to help deliver our project? Is someone asking about the risk? That's a risk list or log, usually, rather than a strategy. Know your why. That's a perfect way to end. So thank you very much again for a great discussion on, on strategies. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope we gave you some indication as to what to include when you are writing your next strategy. If you want to reach out to us, then please do. We are on all the major social channels. So we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon. Uh, look for us on Testing Peers on each of those places. 
We'd like to thank again Saffron QA for continuing to sponsor us. We look forward to having another discussion in a couple of weeks' time. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. Goodbye.